please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10, the final episode of We Are All A Bit Mental Series 2. Can you believe that, guys? It's mad. I can't, actually. It's crazy. Hey, does that mean I've done 20 episodes with you? It does. Is it 20 episodes? It is, yes. Yeah. yeah, geez. <laughs> you know, people would pay good money to be hanging out with you boys for 20 <laughs> something. <laughs> Technically, each thing is about what an hour and a bit, so we've we've probably spent a full day together. <laughs> oh my goodness, it feels like a lot longer than that, Lynn. <laughs> it does feel like a lot longer than that. <laughs> a day and a for night. For you listeners that are only joining us on episode 20, where have you been for a start? <laughs> but to let you know, we're a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I am Chesney Hawks, would you believe? And as always, I am joined on the virtual sofa by Lynn Ferguson and Neil Harrington. Hello, everyone. Sorry, Hello, I'm a bit everyone. Today. There we go. We're in the final, uh, the final intro oh, of the final episode. Oh. And today's yes. show is on the topic of anxiety, which should have been at the beginning of the series, but this is kind of feels free now, doesn't it? Free of anxiety. <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody's still quite anxious. I think we've worked out plenty of anxiety. During oh, series two, indeed don't you we worry have. About it. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're just holding ourselves together with sticky back plastic, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Later on, yeah. we will be joined for the second time in this series. This is the first time we've had uh, the same guest on twice. This is a this is a repeat defender, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we had Heston. To be fair, we had Heston. With Heston, we we kind of split his because he could, wouldn't stop talking, would he? So like, we had to split him into oh. two. <laughs> Showbiz secrets there, people. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm letting, I'm letting it all out now. <laughs> uh, so later on, we'll be joined by Professor of Neuroscience, Wendy Suzuki. Yeah, hey. And Wendy has written a book um, all about understanding and harnessing the power of anxiety, which is released this month, I believe. Is that right, guys? She's going to be telling us all about that in a bit. But before that, uh, it's the end of season two, team. How do we feel? Oh, well, obviously, Ooh. I feel a bit woo this morning and very interrupty. I'm quite interrupty. Sorry about that. It's all good. Oh, you see, there's a problem here. Oh. I have actually moved 6,000 miles from my studio in LA to my parents' house in Surrey. In the meantime, and I seem to have, I seem to, I seem to have developed a delay. Oh, really? Does it come with that time <laughs> yeah. travel thing? Some people get COVID happened? on the plane. I seem to have, uh, yeah, I seem to have developed a delay syndrome. With some clever post-production, I could really make you sound like an idiot, you know, after hey, you you know, that. you know, you don't really need could. post-production to make me sound like an idiot. I managed to do that all in my own. No trickery involved in that. <laughs> you know, I've really... Well, I was going to... Oh. See, I was interrupting no, no, you. All I was going to say, the biggest challenge for me has been the different time zones this series, scheduling three different yeah. ones for one recording session. I don't know how I didn't manage to end up in the bath for at least one of these shows, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we made it through. We should tell the listeners that actually what happened, the bath <laughs> reference, is that one time Chesney and I were like, 
where's Neil? <laughs> where, no, you message him. No, you message him. We messaged him and he went, oh, sorry, guys, I'm in the bath. <laughs> I'm in the <laughs> so bath texting. <laughs> if you're going to tell the story, the reason for that is the time difference in the UK and in the States happens different weekends. So we'd adjusted here and you hadn't. Oh, that's right. It happens the week yeah, after right. or something. So yeah, well, highly there's confusing. A there's a yeah. two-week period where uh, the clocks go back in go. England and they don't go back in, in America. So, yeah, so it's they like... They also go back in Scotland. Sorry. In yeah. Scotland yeah. Okay. as well, they go back. Sorry, and Wales <laughs> and Northern Ireland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, and I've learned that the hard way that there is that two-week gap, hence ending up in the bath, playing with me rubber duck when we should have been... Uh... And scratching your nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's been quite an intense series, this series. You know, I, I actually, one, I'm so grateful to the people who've sent messages. It's like we do meet the three of us and uh, just uh, randomly talk and hope that what we say is useful. And when we get um, messages back, it really does make the world a difference. So thank you to to those of you who have messaged us. Absolutely. I, I think this series has been a bit more intense than the last one. How do you feel, guys? Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, what I love is our intention was always to be able to dig into difficult slash heavy subjects uh, without making yeah. the whole vibe difficult and heavy all the way through. So, um, yeah. and we've touched on some... Um, some sensitive things, haven't we? There's been tears, though, haven't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mostly from Neil in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's Only where the water comes cut yours out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, it was. It's been an intensely uh, personal journey, I think, as well. This time, I mean, there there is an episode we can't use, which uh, just because of techni yeah. technicalities. But I'm going to tell you about it because I really want to mention this guest because she was amazing. Absolutely. Um, and it was the lovely Debbie McGee, who's not called the lovely Debbie McGee for no reason. Right. Or so I should have emphasized uh, the lovely Debbie McGee. She is adorable yeah. and was adorable. Yeah. And actually the story about it was we'd, we'd chosen, I, in my big mouthy Scottish, <laughs> we had chosen the subject of loss, right? <laughs> For, for, we'd lined it up and I said, no, no, it'd be great. She'll be great to talk about that. It'd be great if she talks about that because she's like so positive and amazing and she'll be able to talk about stuff. And then a really, really like properly close friend of mine died, uh, I guess like the week before we recorded. And so I was a blubbering mess, right? And we, I had never met Debbie McGee. Yeah, Debbie's a friend of mine. And I thought, yeah. I'll come along and meet my friends. Uh, this is going to be so fun. <laughs> 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 Lynn, Lynn, Lynn was a blubbering mess. And then at one point, Neil started blubbering as well. And uh, I was just like, come on, guys. Pull yourselves together. You talked about the timing of it. Because, yeah, it's so the, the week before or the few days before that, I was with my mum because it was... Was the first year's anniversary of my dad passing away, so I just been yeah. dealing with that with my mum. So yeah, Lynn and I. But didn't she? Wasn't she amazing though? She just, she just, she was she rolled with oh, it. Oh no, she was brilliant. She did because we couldn't get our words out. <laughs> Perhaps we bring her back <laughs> yeah, for series definitely. three. And we don't talk about loss. We could talk about gain. Didn't we say at the end of um, the 
of the podcast with her because it was such a, a kind of an, a different uh, show for us because everyone was in such a mess. And um, we said at the end, like, you know, maybe maybe we should get you back and we can talk about, I don't know, showbiz stories or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because she has so many fabulous stories. So we'll do that. We'll get her back on for series three. Actually, in some ways, I'm sort of gutted that it technically didn't work, you know, like the technology got in our mm, way. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that I'm proudest of that we're doing or most proud of of what we're doing in the podcast is trying to be honest. And actually, even though straight after that one, (laughs) so like that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that podcast. And what I'll describe it to you if you're listening is, uh, you know how when you do something or you have a conversation with someone, and, and actually, it could be one that you have when you're 10 or, or like, as a teenager. And it, and whenever you think back on it, you blush, yeah. right? Like, whenever you go, you go, oh, my God. And you, like, relive it, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I sort of feel like with, even though she was brilliant, uh, lovely Debbie McGee, like, totally brilliant, I thought of it as, like, a kind of, oh, my God moment. Because I literally, my friend was, like, I, I still can't, uh, process that she's gone and I was like a blubbering yeah. wreck and lovely Debbie McGee was like the consummate professional yeah, she brilliant. Just wonderful, really brilliant. She? She really was. anyway we have other great things in this series though don't yeah we? absolutely yeah. and obviously as it's the last episode I've been reflecting back and in the bath <laughs> no not in the bath not with my not with rubber ducky but if I think if I get to learn about all sorts of stuff which I wouldn't normally have known about without doing this so if that translates and it was also true to the listeners, then I just think that's awesome if we're all, you know, if we are all discovering things and learning. I think this show is, it's a little bit like people chatting how to negotiate hurdles that life throws at you. Trying to negotiate the shit that we all get thrown at every day. That's kind of how I see what what we're doing here, really. Do we get thrown at the Um, shit or does the shit get thrown at us? That's the question. Or are we just the shit? All those points, I think, are are all valid. (laughs) But the one thing I sometimes think, when my life gets so chaotic, I honestly think that there's aliens up there Mm. who are looking down and they've subscribed to the Harrington channel for, like, comedy farce. And as I'm going about my daily business and everything sort of being a disaster the aliens just looking down at me howling with laughter just watching <laughs> all this chaos go and then of course when you take the dog out for a walk they're watching me walk behind the dog pick up the dog shit so who do they think's actually in control down here when they're watching all that and honestly when the day goes really bad i sometimes think that that's an extra bonus episode they've all paid 3.99 extra for just to see they're like have a look carrington's at it again do you know what i mean i honestly feel that life's like that sometimes yeah <laughs> Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy it was the dolphins that were in charge yeah. <laughs> I swear someone's watching and having a laugh I tell you that. Oh, just, before we just move on just to sum up because we just talked yeah. about um, series 2 Ches got to just say to you you have continued to amaze with your music mate because every Absolutely. time you've risen to the challenge if only us and the listeners could actually see the moment that I send you the song request and they could see the, the look on your face and hear the words <laughs> oh come out of your mouth but you pull it off every time mate don't you well right? thank you yeah it's been there's, yeah, there, there have been a real kind of eclectic mix of songs in this uh, this se- season from from the four chords and the truth to the jazz uh, <laughs> solos to all sorts of madness um, uh, but it's been really fun and then every time I get one of these songs uh, I just think 
to myself, well, how the hell am I going to pull that off? And, and I literally don't really know. And I get to the studio and I think, okay, um, work out the chords first. And we just take it one step at a time, you know? And then and I'm like, okay, is this a piano song yeah. now? Am I going to do this at piano? No, no, I'm going to try this on guitar. And I don't know, it just kind of finds its way, uh, you know, to, to something. It's amazing. It's like you go in with a, with a blank canvas and then at the end of it, you're like, ah. I actually did that, you know, so I'm quite proud of myself for it. You've yeah. risen to the challenge every time. Um, it's been another Absolutely. run of 10 successes in a row. So, look, guys, uh, just quickly before, because obviously Wendy Suzuki will be joining us shortly. So just set up for Wendy mm. because she's got a book being released this month entitled Good Anxiety. And the tagline of the book is Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. So that's probably a, a, a great place to start. Um, you know, by default, we all think of feeling anxious as a negative thing and it's an unsettling feeling. And it's probably something nearly all of us experience every day, right? Which is why Wendy's book and observations are so good as they really show us how to take a positive approach and uh, to these sort of genetic inbuilt emotions that we all, all have. So we are really looking forward to Wendy coming on and for the second time in this series, Yay. sharing her knowledge with us. So we will see you with Wendy, the other side of the sting, talking about good anxiety. Is she here? Is she here? She's here. Yes, she is. Woohoo! Okay. Oh, well, hi. Uh, hi, Wendy. So nice to have Yay. you back. High five virtually. Hi. Nice to see you all. Hey, you know, what? you're the only guest, you're our first guest uh, that we've asked on the show twice. Our first oh, repeat yeah. offender. Right? Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. Uh, we loved you, though. I'm first episode and last episode, so we will now refer to you as the bookend. But, you know, that's an affectionate <laughs> term. <laughs> Obviously, that's course, with yeah. love and nothing else. Well, it's even more <laughs> unique, but because you know what today is? Well. It's my birthday. Now I feel like my song should have been Happy Birthday. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear Wendy. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Champagne all round. Oh, Neil's got all his best sound <laughs> effects oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Look, look at how excited he is. He's like, yeah, sound Well, first of all then, Wendy, thank you for uh, digging the time out to spend with us three idiots on your birthday. We are Absolutely. truly honoured. We are the My pleasure. <laughs> Will you be doing anything more exciting after this? Well, anything <laughs> breathing's more exciting after this. I spent yeah. this morning doing a uh, morning workout show called Daily Burn that I have a connection with. So I got to get interviewed about good anxiety, and then I did a whole 30-minute workout with Dane, the football player, former football player trainer, who's great. Right. And so, oh wow, that was a hard workout. That was a tough that was a hard bird, workout. Huh? <laughs> and then tonight, I get to lead. I get to lead a workout for another um, 
uh, organization that I gave. I, I pre-recorded the lecture last week, but I told them that I, I like to do the workout live because I like to ask people how they're feeling before and after. So uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a day full of interviews today. So basically, <laughs> you're going to spend your birthday overdosing on endorphins later yes. on. That's what you're going to do. Exactly. That was, the, that was the point. That was the idea. So I am thrilled that you're on to talk about good anxiety. I've actually been really excited about it because I think that anxiety is, for me, is one of these emotions that I, I don't know how to handle. Yeah. Mm. Like, I can handle sadness where I go, I'm sad, I'm going to put on my yeah. pyjama trousers and I'm going to, like, watch some stuff. <laughs> Midsummer murders, yeah. probably, right? Yeah. And there's been a murder, what a surprise, <laughs> right? Or, and, and happiness, I, I understand, is fleeting, so I tend to enjoy it. But anxiety... I do not know how mm. to navigate that at all. I don't I'm think like, you're oh alone in that God, one, Lee. I completely no. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody yeah. else worries about anxiety. <laughs> no. But that, that's a great way to set you up, though, Wendy, isn't it? Because that, as yeah. soon as you start digging into your book, those first things, you know, we learn that everybody has it. It's natural. Yeah. It's embedded in us. Yeah. And, and, and your book is all about understanding it, first of yeah. all, and then learning exactly. how to harness it in a different way. So, so I, I don't know where you want to start. I've got so many notes. <laughs> I <can't, laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to be flicking around here. But I wondered if a good place to start would be to explain neuroplasticity sure. in the brain. Yeah, um, yeah sure. Unless you think that there is a better way to start this conversation. <laughs> but from what I was reading... I felt that was something that was helpful to understand about to set this all up. Yeah, I love that you um, honed in on that, Neil, because the concept of neuroplasticity was one of the kind of cornerstones of um, not exactly what inspired me to write the book, but, but the approach to address this, this topic of anxiety. So what is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity is the brain's amazing ability to change and adapt to the environment. It is one of the wonders of what we do. We do it automatically all the time. Uh, memory is a form of neuroplasticity and adopt yeah. resilience is a form of neuroplasticity. Um, mm. And all the things that we can do to better prepare our brains for those bouts of anxiety that we will all have, um, that preparation and having your brain ready to be able to, to um, kind of uh, um, deal with those anxious feelings, that is a form of neuroplasticity as well. It's also the reason why I'm optimistic that those of us that um, suffer from anxiety, which is 90%, and that last 10%, yeah. They also, yeah. That's reassuring. Even that last 10%, yeah. they're also, they have anxiety too, yeah. come on. They're lying anyway, yeah. yeah. They're, they're yeah. liars, right? Totally. Yeah. So um, all of us that experience this, we can use brain plasticity to address it. And so that's what makes me excited and optimistic that all of these tools that I talk about in Good Anxiety can be adopted. You don't have to be a superhero to do it. It is what our brain can do, and it's a, a, a guidance for how to use that amazing... Is it a problem. matter of, of training the brain? Yeah, yeah. brain training. Uh, it's, it's practice. It's kind of like working out, right? So you don't jump in and try and do the full football workout the first time. <laughs> you hmm. do a little bit. 
you know, you do a few little jogs, and it's like, whew, that was, that was good. I did that really well. And then, and then you build up. You build up. Um, and uh, uh, that's what I tried to do with good anxiety. So, for example, like, what could you do? Let's say we're starting to think, talk about the pandemic and, and everybody's starting to get really anxious. What's going to happen in the fall? You have kids yeah. going back to school. We're going back to work. And so the easiest, best way to decrease those, those negative feelings of anxiety is to breathe deeply. Mm. Breath work is stimulating our natural uh, relaxation part of our nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system. And deep breathing is one of the things that it is stimulating us to do. Well, I have conscious control about, over that. When I'm feeling anxious, and this works for a seven-year-old all the way up to an 80-year-old, all you have yeah. to do is just deep breathe in and out. And um, that is the first easiest way to feel that, feel that decrease in, your, in, in that fear response, in that anxiety response. That's amazing. What causes anxiety? Is it an actual... Because uh, you're brainy and I am just me. Because I can be just like wondering about my day, right? Yeah. Uh, this is what makes me think that it has to be something not just like that I see, but biological or whatever. I can literally be wondering about my day like, oh, oh, oh everything's fine. And then suddenly, yeah. <gasps> right? Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I have no idea what it is. So right? I can tell you exactly what it is. And we've had the same response mm. for 2.5 million years. You know, our earliest uh, people had the same response. And it is the stress uh, protective response. That is at the core of what that anxiety response feels like. And it developed to protect us. Yeah. So imagine that you were a... Uh, woman 2.5 million years ago and you had a little baby and you were collecting raspberries and, and you were just going along your, your business and um, you heard a crack, some, some twig yeah. cracked just a, a, a few feet away in the, in the bush. What would you do? Oh my God, what is that? Is that going to hurt me? That is a threat response. You don't know whether it's there or not, just like you don't know what, are, what that thing that, that is worrying you today is. But yeah. what our body does, it's that fight or flight response. Uh, it is, uh, the body automatically prepares us to run away or to fight, fight or flight. And so it increases our heart rate, it increases our respiration, and it brings blood away from our stomach, which is why we get that weird feeling in our stomach, and to our muscles. Wow. So that, that if you were a woman 2.5 million years ago, so you have a crack, you know, a, a, a twig that cracks and, oh, it's a, it's a raccoon, no problem. And you go along your day, there's not that much else to threaten you, you know. I feel it was like 2.5 million years ago that I actually was. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now I'm just like a shell. But today, yeah. every single time you turn around, the news comes on, you look at your phone, there's a tweet, there's, a, uh, there's Instagram that's telling you uh, all the terrible things and all the great things that you don't have. And, oh, it's t terrible. And it really has amplified. Yeah. This is not me. This is, this is, you know, sociologists have told us that this is increasing our anxiety. And that same system that was with us for 2.5 million years is still activating that that um, part of our nervous system that is preparing us for us to run or fight. And mm. that's why we need to learn how to decrease that response by activating the opposite, equal and opposite part of our nervous system 
called the parasympathetic nervous system and one of the ways to activate that we just talked about, which is deep breathing. One of the things I love about you is that you make things that are much higher thoughts than I think uh, simple. Yeah. So that I can go, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I get that, right? Yeah. But I feel like we are so uh, encouraged to be anxious right now. Yeah. That, and, and that when someone is anxious or we are anxious, then it's easier to control. We are easier to control. Do that. Like, this will calm you down, right? So actually being able to navigate our own anxiety makes us more yes. active rather than exactly, reactive. Exactly. And in fact, you just did a beautiful thing. You explained in a very simple uh, way uh, what is actually happening neurobiologically. Because when we are in a high state of anxiety, what happens is um, the functions of our prefrontal cortex get blocked. What does prefrontal cortex do? It helps us reflect. It helps us make high-level decisions. And so when the prefrontal cortex does not work, what do we do? We turn to our reflexive responses. It's like, oh, oh, let's just do do that. Whatever, you know, whatever's mostly in my, my motor repertoire, I do. And that is yeah. the choices that we make. And so um, not that we can stop all anxiety, but what learning how to take control of your anxiety can do is to help you bring more of a reflection into these choices that we are making. Yeah. It, it, we're all living in difficult times. There are, there are important decisions that we need to make now. And this book is perfect because we need that time to reflect, to understand what's going on so that we can all make the best choices for us. Yeah. Absolutely difficult times as well because it's not just like going back to your two, 2.5 million years ago, is it a raccoon? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like where we're all at in the world is that we it's 2.5 million years ago and, and you're going, is it a raccoon? And then someone's saying, no, it's a mouse. And then someone else yeah. is saying, no, it's a tiger. <laughs> yeah, and they're going, exactly. no, it's a mouse. Like, if you believe what I believe, it's a mouse. Yeah. Well, if you believe what I believe, it's a tiger, <laughs> right? Like, the, literally, it's really hard to work through. Yes one's own anxiety right because there isn't really a clear answer you know yeah absolutely i mean it's it's uh uh this book unfortunately will not help solve the conundrum which is you know the news cycle and and uh the alternative different facts you know and everything like that yeah alternative facts exactly <laughs> just got to turn that shit off basically haven't you you know that's as far oh. as all that goes exactly that, deal with that you can you can make that choice and uh Reminds me of, you know, the choices that uh, uh, all these athletes are taking. You know, no, I'm not going to do your news conference. No, I'm not going to compete in the Olympics because yeah. actually mm. my own mental health is more, more important, important for, uh, to me, for me. And um, that is a choice that, that is, is wonderfully reflected in these um, role models. I agree, but then, some, then you get the uh, reactive side to that where you know they get like you know negative press and people calling them all sorts of names and saying they're a quitter yes. and all and ridiculous things like that right. so then they have to deal with that yeah, anxiety you'll know this wendy uh, but I, I wonder if it is that anxiety is infectious mm. you oh, know yeah. like people get anxious and they go i can't do that and then other people go oh well if you can't do that then <laughs> <Absolutely. I'll... laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean like, there's a raccoon, so I yeah. can't gather raspberries. Well, if there's no raspberries, there's going to be no jam for the village. Well, if there's no jam for the village. You know, like, we all kind of pick it up and start running yeah. with it, you know. Because I feel like, 
I, I, I mean, maybe it's, it's wrong, but I'm trying to think that those people who are outraged all mm. the time are really just kind of a little bit frightened. Yeah. Scared. Yeah, yeah. and that they're like, because anger is really just fear with a mm. scary mask mm. on most of the time. Um, although, although you can't negate that some people are just plain douchebags. <laughs> yes, I will say that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. As much brain study as you do, I don't know what area <laughs> of the brain controls douchebaggery, <laughs> but some people, Wendy, have that bigger. If anyone area would know that, it would be Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> New expert. I'm going to start getting calls because of this. Like, I, I hear you are the expert on douchebaggery. Douchebaggery. Can you give us a comment? Thank you, Lynn. I, I, I look at Brain douchebaggery. There's another another phrase we've coined from series two. Uh, something else. Well, I can't remember. Fear of numbers or something. Or oh, wait, what was that? Oh, God. I can't remember what it was. But brain douchebaggery is a sticker. I'm remembering that. I'm not forgetting that. <laughs> Can anxiety ever be a good thing, or is it kind of like, uh, is it just one of those things yeah. you have to live with? Uh, the answer is that yes, it absolutely can be helpful. It could help you learn about yourself. It could help you uh, learn about what those uh, emotions that unfortunately are called negative emotions um, are there to teach us. And I, I think there's this uh, idea uh, that we all want to be happy. Let's just let's be happy all the time. Like, it's just like, forget about all these other emotions. Well, we're human and we have this whole wide, beautiful range of emotions and we have them for a reason. And so uh, part of the book is really about realizing what those other emotions, fear, sadness, um, um, worry, what they can help us with. And um, the one that I like to go for is, is fear because it comes up a lot. It mm. comes up a lot with anxiety, fear and anxiety. But, uh, and and at, at its worst, it can shut you down. It can you know, bring up terrible memories yeah. and, and that is not good. However, I must say, the very best talks that I've ever given in my entire career was because I was scared. I was scared yeah. a little bit. That activity, that energy, and that energy and activation is also there for that really, really bad form of fear. So really, it's about learning yeah. how to um, sculpt and modulate that mm. activation energy and take it from debilitating to rocket. I'm going to yeah, become a rocket of, uh, yeah, uh, of, of activity. It is going to motivate me to do what I want. It really is literally essential because it's like the wind in our sails if we didn't have it we would just be sitting on the couch all the yeah, time it's, it's like um you utilizing yeah. anxiety uh pushing through um you know like a nervous thing like like standing on stage or something like that. you push through yes. the, those kind of feelings you get right. to the euphoria of oh my god i did that it's like you know coming right. out of your comfort zone <laughs> yes. It's why it's good to get out of your comfort zone sometimes because once you've exactly. done what you were scared of uh, and you've come through the other side and it wasn't that bad yeah. and people liked it, yeah. it's like, yeah. uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the goal, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. I think about working out because, you know, it, it, if you do a really good workout, it's like, oh, that was hard. I really got through that. But that is where, when the muscles grow, that's when you get better at doing things. And, and um, same, same with uh, those emotions and getting through them and learning how to use them and what they teach you 
about about yourself and what you like and what you don't like and and I think it's a very unhealthy to try and just oh, ignore them just just you know turn away from the fear just try and be happy all the time uh, I, I don't think that's healthy at all one of the things you point out quite early on in the book isn't it Wendy that we must know anxiety is not a weakness yes. right yes it is a protective mechanism for ourselves at its core and so let's use that. Let's try, and the whole book was trying to get us back to how can we use anxiety, not just to protect us, but to make our, our lives better. And Lynn asked me about, you know, could it be, could it be a helpful thing? And yes, the whole uh, um, third, third last uh, part of the book is about the gifts that come with um, taking time to reflect on your anxiety and using anxiety to improve your life. And so most people say, what? You know, there's no way anxiety isn't helping me <laughs> one little bit. So, so my example is, um, comes from an anxiety that I've had since childhood. So I was a very, very shy uh, child and uh, all through I all the way believe early that. college. <laughs> I, I was very, very shy and and I I remember oh. I had social anxiety you know I wanted to join my little friends and groups and I, I was shy and I awkward and um, I wanted to ask questions in class and I would try but it's it was just very very difficult and I eventually learned to to speak out and I'm not shy in that way anymore but uh, that has given me a gift and that gift is empathy because now I happen to be in front of the classroom and right. so what I always try and do is find opportunities so that I can talk to those students out there that were just like me, that they want to uh, interact with me. They want to tell me what they know, test out their knowledge, but they're not going to be the ones saying, oh, pick me, pick me. They're not going to be Hermione Granger, right? Yeah. Mm. And so uh, that, that is my gift of empathy. And it comes from the anxiety that I know the deepest and the longest. And so everybody has that. What if you take that from your, your internal you know, struggles and ask, oh, I, I recognize that in somebody else. And you'll also know the exact thing to do to help in that situation. I totally agree with that because one of the things that I'd say that anxiety does for me is that I am quite a self-sufficient person. I quite like my own things. I do my own, like I do a lot of tasks on my own. I like will write on my own. I'll study on my own. I, like, and, and I've always been that way. But the only way that I can combat anxiety is to talk to someone. Mm. If I do not communicate with someone, then the anxiety can build itself into a whole Disney <laughs> spectacular. But as soon as I say to someone, yeah. this is where I'm at, then actually all... Like Tarantino. Yeah, really, yeah, totally. So I agree with you. I, I, I think I love this idea of uh, uh, changing your perspective on what it is yeah. to see that what it can offer you rather than yes. what it's taking yes. from you. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. So I talk about uh, six different um, um, gifts or superpowers that come from anxiety and another one that I just want to offer that every single person can use is based on something that many people do which is that what if list for me it hits me right before mm. I'm gonna go to sleep it's like what if what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to and my interview <laughs> on you know uh, we're all a bit mental it's like oh no what, what if that happens what if that happens what if the other thing What's happens the meaning of life and Wendy then, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You did it. You've got five minutes. Go. I think, I think it's 42. <laughs> That's now four minutes 50. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think, I think this is pretty common. It happens to everybody. And um, so the gift is that what if list is, um, is a wonderful way to actually combat your own anxiety by the next day, just say, okay, I'm going to tackle the top three doable things on that what if list that kept me up that night. And uh, this actually came from yeah. a lawyer who says, look, I am the lawyer, the high paid lawyer that I am because I take that what if list, I take my anxiety and I check off every single one of them and my case is airtight because of oh, it. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh. I love that. Oh, I love yeah. that. So it kind of eradicates yeah. uh, worry and, and I guess worry is praying for something you don't want, yes. right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So just go, just go and start to address those things and, you know, uh, maybe you don't get to the whole list but it's satisfying. So okay, I took care of that one. Yeah, feel better about that one. Let's tackle the next one. And so if you know that you're mm. going to do it and you have that action plan, it's like, I, I could go to sleep. I, I'm going to take care of all those what-ifs and those help me. That what-if list, I hope it comes back tomorrow morning when I'm ready to, to tackle it. Wow. I have a friend who's a, he's an ex-SEAL uh, team leader. Ah, and, yeah. Uh, and he, do, he does this thing where he, he, he looks at every, um, um, every time they go out to, on a mission, um, beforehand, they have meetings where they look at every single um, possible outcome for, for uh, everything. Yeah. So then they go into the details of each thing that could possibly happen and they find the solutions yeah. for each thing. So they know uh, exactly what is going to happen, um, you know, or when, it, when, it, when that obvious one of those things or two of those things or three of those things happen during that uh, mission, they have the solution. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. He now has a, you know, uh, a company that that helps uh, that helps um, other companies and people, individuals, um, you know, work work out those solutions to things. So it's kind of like what your friend did, the, you know, going after the exactly. what if list. Exactly. The version in science that I always think about is I have a colleague who I always admired the way that he wrote his discussion paper uh, section in his papers because most of us is like. Here are the great things that I found in my, in my study. But what this guy did is at the beginning of every single discussion section, he basically flipped it and he pretended to be the worst critic of this paper. And he, he <laughs> threw out at himself the, the you know, searing critique and, and tried to answer it. And I was like, wow. I would never do that, but I really <laughs> admire you for doing that. And it's, yeah. it's the same thing. He was yeah. probably working out his anxiety. One of the things you talk about, Wendy, is emotion regulation. And because and, that helps us build up our resilience mm -hmm. to stress and anxiety. Yes. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So emotional regulation is uh, so important. Uh, uh, it's, it's really the heart of being able to take this, this uh, uh, kind of more uh, serious level of, of, of worry or, or fear that comes up with, with anxiety and regulate it down so we can use its power. And so there's lots of approaches to, to use. We talked about the, the deep breathing to kind of quell uh, those, those, um, 
those feelings of anxiety. But then there are lots of other planning kinds of uh, approaches that you can use. You know, everybody knows what the person or the situation that brings up a lot of anxiety. We could all name them immediately. So what what is that um, everybody's laughing is like, yep, I have them all on a list. So what is that strategy? Um, Because we all know what those situations are already. Uh, It's kind of like that what if list. So can I prepare for this to to decrease the anxieties that I felt in the past uh, and prepare because I know this is going to happen. I know this is a a bad situation. Do you have the conversation first? Do you have a pre-conversation so so you have a better idea of what's going on? Lots of different approaches to do that. Uh, And but one of the most powerful ones that takes a little bit more time and practice is shifting your mindset. Uh, about a situation because uh, for many of us, myself included, you say, oh God, that meeting I have to go to, oh, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be terrible (laughs) and and I'm going to do terrible and, and, you know, (laughs) full of douchebags and I can't change their brain because I haven't read Wendy's book about what brain area is underlying it yet. Uh, and so what if you, you change that attitude, which we've all had, into one of a challenge? Mm. You know, mm. what if I try and meet the douchebags on their territory? And what <laughs> if I, you know, not, I'm not going down to the level of the douchebag, but I meet them in a neutral territory and try and have the most productive conversation as possible? Rather than worrying about me and how I'm going to feel and how other people are going to see, what if we, you, you shift the, um, the optics of that? And, and that can do a lot to regulate your emotions about how you're going into this meeting from fear and oh, just uh, tons of douchebags to <laughs> this is my goal. I want to, I don't want to control the douchebags, I want to corral the douchebags and have us have a productive meetings with the douchebags and the non-douchebags. Maybe I'm using the word douchebag too much. You said douchebag quite a lot. You see what I'm saying? But I love I'm it. loving it. There's no possible to use the word Sometimes too you much. really, you know, you fall in love with the word, don't you? And uh, get it all out. <laughs> you can't stop yourself. I wonder though, with what you're saying, is um, do you think that anxiety is linked or directly linked to um, self-worth because I totally I totally agree with you on this thing of like when you change perspective and in fact what I was thinking earlier on was there's a thing with stand-up where it's natural to be a little nervous Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah but you you know that it's gone over the other side if instead of uh, instead of seeing the audience that you're talking to you see yourself Mm. talking to the audience Mm. right if you envisioned yourself standing there on your own, it's you're going to die. That's the way <laughs> yeah. it is, right? But the, there's a thing about like being able to go into a room and go like I'm just going to yeah. talk to the douchebags. Like I'll, there's a there's something I watch this in my son because he's you know he's graduated high school uh, mm. during a pandemic. Uh, the world is changing. Is it a raccoon? Yeah. Is it a panda? Is it a tiger? Mm-hmm. Is it a whatever? Right? And he gets a little frozen by anxiety yeah. and when yeah. I say to him that you can do this he he can't see himself as being an equal mm. in certain yeah. s- in situations and he can't connect yeah. to mm. his voice so I'm, I wanted yeah. to raise that about 
do you think anxiety is related Absolutely. to self-worth? I think that that is a common uh, um, part of anxiety that, that you don't feel like you're good mm -hmm. enough to uh, to meet these challenges. Yeah, deal, deal with, with the douchebags, deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just too hard for you, so it causes a lot of anxiety. And, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the real definition of anxiety is, you know, dealing with an uncertain situation. And part of that uncertainty is your role. Mm -hmm. Your, you know, are you, are you uh, a commander in the situation or mm -hmm. are you, um, way at the bottom. The great thing about this book, because I've got a very busy pea-sized brain, so just getting stuff to go in there is, is a challenge on a daily basis. I was like, I've got to read this in time for Wednesday, and I sort of scooted through it the first time, and then I wanted to start really soaking it up. And I realised that I wasn't going to have the time to soak the whole thing up by by this Thursday, but however, what the, I had this penny drop moment of, I can just keep going back to this and pulling out little nuggets of information. And that's really helped with my personal confidence. Oh. Just some of the little things you pull out. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a part in your book where you go, um, I think you might even call it part two, but it's not, it doesn't feel like halfway through. And it's entitled, Learn How to Worry Well. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> and, you know, I, because I realise that with my type of brain, I'm always going to find something to worry about. There's all, if it's not that, it's going to be something else. So it's consoling just to read those words. <laughs> yeah, it is the mindset and that it could be helpful. And you're, it, it's protective. You are worrying for a reason. You're trying to make the, the next step go smoothly with no, no hiccups. And it is protective. But... But just like, you know, too much chocolate is bad, too much worry, where it goes to non-productive and it causes lots of negative emotions, uh, that's not good. But the worry itself, that is helpful. That could make that event go perfectly. Do you think we should change the word worry to quality control? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you just go, I'm worried about that. Yeah. Uh, it's good, that's quality control. Is I it love good that. <laughs> There's a huge spectrum yeah. of anxiety. And I want to make this book a warm invitation and a warm uh, encouragement to consider your own anxiety because there is so much shame associated with anxiety mm. and mental health. Oh my God, there's something wrong with my mental health? That sounds terrible. I, don't, I want to keep mm. that a secret, yeah. right? And no, because, because nine out of 10 people have anxiety and that 10th person has it too and just won't admit it. <laughs> so everybody has this and it is natural. It's part of our kind of defense system. It's part of our activation system. And so we need to address it and talk about it when it gets too bad. Just like Lynn, I mean, that is so important. You know that when you start going down, you need some human contact. We're social animals, humans. Yeah, don't we all And that is so important to, to have that around. Yeah. Wendy Suzuki, I want to keep you in my handbag. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. So that when I'm having days where I'm like, I'm not sure how things are going here, I can just open my handbag and go, hey, Wendy, tell me how, how do you think her, uh, her mental health would be if she lived in your handbag? <laughs> oh, not so good. Never ask a woman what's, what's in, in her hand. handbag, Chess. Come on, how old are you? Have you never, have learned, have you that never learned that lesson yet? He gets away with a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. being cute, though, Chesney. You can ask those I questions. I want to pick up, Wendy, there's something that you you point out there's a term that is used and that is languishing mm. right yeah. and mm. 
So you talk about well, the, the way it's worded. Uh, obviously, you'll explain, but I'll just set this up for you. You talk about it as that dulling of delight, which more and more people experience. Yeah. And it's not depression, right. but it is likely to develop to depression. Mm -hmm. It can develop into depression. So yeah. that's a state of mind languishing almost. It is, right? and it's a term that was... Um, identified, used recently, and uh, noticed after our 15 months of lockdown, mm. when, you know, yeah, I, I think it's a wonderfully evocative term of, of, I'm not depressed, just like there's a whole spectrum of anxiety, there's a whole spectrum of depression, so I'm not depressed, but it's just not, you know, there's not that spark in my life, because yeah. I'm sitting here looking at the same dust ball on my floor for the last 15 months mm. and um, need interaction yeah need interaction need to figure out what is going to activate my brain in mm. a positive way and uh, you know and then and then you go out and explore that so is it exercise is it walking around at some point I joined a book club and I couldn't finish <laughs> the darn book and I decided to do power walking around my apartment uh, uh, for three <laughs> chapters and so I literally, I was going, my cats thought I was crazy, going round and round and round the other way. So I kind of did all things at once. I exercised, I prepared for my social interaction during my book club. We couldn't do that, Neil, because men can't multitask. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's a well-known fact. <laughs> well I've had a penny drop moment with what you've just said oh. there, Wendy, because we always default to the negative mm. and we always default to oh, I wish I felt better, or I'm feeling shit, or whatever. And like you say, we were already throwing out those negative emotions. Yeah. But it's interesting, what you just said is you took the bull by the yeah. horn, you took responsibility, like, F it, I'm going to go and do these two yes. things because I'm going to whip myself yeah. up because I need to generate some positiveness. So you're taking responsibility and making that happen. Yes. And that's the important thing because it's all very easy to go, oh, I'll have another packet of chips. Yeah, exactly. And I'll have another yeah, beer and it'll be all right King. tomorrow, right? <laughs> So I, I just think that that is an interesting thing to grab on, the fact that you, you took the responsibility and you took the control to do those other things, to get things going. Well, you've got to have the yeah. motivation for that, haven't you? Because some people find that difficult. Even yes. just motivating yourself to work out, you know, let alone yes. work out and read a book at the same time. <laughs> right. I love that because that refers back to what you said before, Wendy, which is about the lawyer and his list. Yes. Which is that you don't have to change your whole aspect but like if you've got shit on your list where you go, well, okay, I could just do that one right. thing. Mm. I heard someone said this thing to me yesterday. She was talking about, it was a client, she was talking about her, her mental health. And she said, things have been better for me since I have recognized the one more principle. Yeah. And I was like, what's that? I've never heard of that before. And she said, well, you know, I, I, like if I'm sitting somewhere and I go, would one more coffee mm. make me happier? <laughs> if I stay here for one more minute, will I feel better? And if the answer is no, the one more yeah. doesn't mm. work, then mm. she changes direction. That's really that good. That is good. I like Which I like. So you think that's almost like just that's a natural sort of human instinct of procrastination in a way almost. Just like, yeah, or stop yourself from gorging on Cheetos maybe. or something, you know. One more Cheeto? No, it really won't. Yeah. yeah, but like I do it with glasses of wine. Right. And somebody said to me, I don't know who it was, where it was like odd numbers are much better than even numbers. You have one glass of wine, you're like, great, I'm going to have another. Yeah. And the second one isn't that good, really. It's not as good as the first. So then you have the third, because you're like, well, I'll just do it. And then by the fourth, you're plastered, right? Or you're... 
you know, not making Whereas your best Whereas you would decision. rather you just been honest with yourself from the beginning and sort of, you know, accepted that it's your intention to get shit-faced, right? That's what you're <laughs> saying. Yeah, or, or to go, like, even just being in the, in the moment. Like, again, I'm loving this thing about good anxiety. The anxiety is a positive thing, right? Because yeah. the thing with the one glass of wine is, is, is it's acknowledging right now I'm really enjoying this yes, glass of wine. Yes. This one, right? Right yeah. now I am feeling anxious. What is this moment for me? Yes. What can I see mm-hmm. in it, right? I love the concept of your book, Wendy, oh, and I love you. that you've got actual things yes. to help people do That's it. That's wonderful. Because it... It feels like it literally is addressing the elephant in the room. Like 90% of the population get anxiety and 10% of the population are complete (laughs) liars. Right? Um, I wanted to share one additional gift for those people, since we're talking about languishing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an idea that it came up with to counteract... um, what's called fear conditioning, which is what happens automatically. If something happens, you know, you get uh, scared or you get mugged on a particular corner, then often when you go past that corner, there's this fear, this automatic fear that comes up, Mm. which is a protective mechanism. It's called fear conditioning, you know, so you're now scared of this place. And that happens automatically. So that's terrible. We have a lifetime of this. We need like happy things to happen. So so something that I describe in the book, Mm. um, I love called joy conditioning. So joy conditioning is to counteract fear conditioning. And it works based on how we know our memory Mm -hmm. works. So I've studied memory in the brain, uh, dependent on the hippocampus for a long time. So here's how it works. First thing you need to know is that olfactory memories are really, really evocative. So I call my memory for the most luscious, uh, amazing moments in my lifetime that have some sort of scent associated with it. And the one that I always use is the one day I went to yoga class um, and I did really, really well. I was just doing all the poses and uh, got through the class feeling really good about it. And then I go into my, my best pose that I do, which is Shavasana. So I'm on the, on the ground, just laying there. I'm doing it really well. <laughs> best you know, just Yeah, 10 out of 10. But in this day where I was feeling so good about the workout, uh, the teacher came by and she, um, she waved some uh, lavender essence under my nose and she gave me the most luscious oh. five-second neck massage. Oh. That, that it's like I didn't expect it. Oh, it felt so good. And I was feeling really good about the class. And so I use that as my joy conditioning memory. And I go around with a little vial of um, lavender essence. So when I want to evoke that everything feels good right now, I just smell that lavender. And Mm. that is open to everybody. So what is your joy conditioning moment that you can evoke and bring back to yourself? And, And that is just bringing good emotion, bringing more joy, bringing more laughter, bringing more, you know, good emotion into your life. Really clever to use your sense of smell to trigger something. I really like Mm. that. I really, because it's something that just hits all of us, right? A specific sense of smell. It can take you back to moments. Well, people will just have to buy the book to find out more. Amazon Absolutely. Yes, but it doesn't come out until October in the UK. In the US, it comes out on September 7th. You can pre-order on Amazon, though, I think, can you? You can pre-order. So then they, like, yeah. 
Order it now when you're anxious. Yes, exactly. yes so it's there. In fact, order it now because it's a good idea because you're not anxious. <laughs> and then you'll be in the middle of anxiety in October and then this gift will come through the box. Good anxiety. Harnessing the power of the most misunderstood emotion by Wendy Suzuki, Atria Books. Uh, Go on, Chet. There is another thing that can uh, help with anxiety and that is music. Uh, yeah. Oh, what a professional host you are. How about that? What a segue. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're not just phoning it in tonight, are you, eh? Actually, I am. I'm tethering on my phone, so I actually am phoning it. <laughs> so, yes, to music. So, Wendy, as you know, yeah. because you've been here before, Yay! we have a little musical interlude for you. Woo! And every week, our fabulous guest, and that's you this week again, um, gets to choose their happy song. And... Uh, I believe you have chosen... Yes. Well, you, I know what, what it is, but why don't you tell our listeners what, uh, what the, the song is that you chose today? Okay, so I'm so excited to choose a song for today's interview about good anxiety. And the song that just immediately came to mind was um, Being Alive by Stephen Sondheim. And I love this song because it is so beautiful. Mm. It's so evocative of those emotions and moments in real life. It's not, um, I love Broadway and I love, you know, uh, the Broadway shows. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. And, and, but, but no, that wasn't the right song for good anxiety. But being alive and, and that, that social interaction and the good points and the bad points, I just think every moment of that song reflects real life and good anxiety is about learning how to live every moment in a real way including those moments of anxiety well here it is just for you wendy and <laughs> ches has done you so proud it's okay. awesome so this is okay, chesney okay. hawks too much, Neil. performing being alive <laughs> by stephen sondheim from the musical company get your jazz hands on <laughs> Someone to hold you too close Someone to hurt you too deep Someone to sit in your chair And ruin your sleep Someone to need you too much Someone to know you too well Someone to pull you too short To put you through hell Someone you have to let in Someone whose feelings you spare Someone who, like it or not, will want you to share a little, a lot Someone to crowd you with love Someone who'll force you to care Someone who'll make you come through Who'll always be there As frightened as you of being alive
Somebody hold me too close Somebody hurt me too deep Somebody sit in my chair And ruin my sleep And make me aware Of being alive Being alive Somebody need me too much Somebody know me too well Somebody pulled me up short And put me through hell And gave me support For being alive Make me alive Make me confused Mark me with praise Let me be used Very my days But Alone is alone, not alive. Somebody crowd me with love, somebody force me to care, somebody let it come through. I'll always be there. As frightened as you to help us survive Being alive Being alive Being alive We had Chesney Hawk performing Being Alive just for you, Wendy. Well done, mate. Right? Yeah. I'm going to throw my pants at you, Chesney, that's all. That was a proper Again? jazz hands performance, What <laughs> a love, collection you know? of pants at this point. It's the same pair of pants. Oh, uh, I've never given them back. <laughs> oh, well done. Oh, my God. Off. So much. I need to I take a nap it. after that. We're all a bit shell-shocked. Yeah. It's such a powerful song. Don't you think every time yeah, I listen to is, it, yeah. I mean, totally. um, it's it's just so mm. real. And he goes through uh, um, thinking about it and kind of living living this idea of of what what it means to to have social uh, this this wonderful person with you. And and um, I don't know. It's just I just think that the mm. the lyrics yeah. are so genius and. And I'm curious, Chesney, what's it like to sing it? Um, when it first came through, I was like, oh, God. Um, musical <laughs> I don't think those were the words I you mean, used, <laughs> Jess. Oh, jeez. I think we were on the phone at the time. <laughs> no, I think it was, oh, for <laughs> sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I am I'm a Sondheim fan, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, he is yeah. I mean, he's a genius, isn't he? I mean, just total genius. And, and, I've, and I, have, I have been involved in musical theatre productions over the years. Um, and when I started getting into it, it was like, oh my god, the emotion just kind of overtakes yeah. you. So, yeah. <laughs> so I actually really, really enjoyed singing it. I really did, and uh, it made me, 
it kind of um, made me want to get back on a on a you know musical theatre stage. You know, tread the boards again. And yeah. that musical company is is something else, really. Uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So oh, thank good. you, because it wouldn't have been the kind of song uh, that I would would have uh, approached or or, uh-huh. or attacked. Uh, so you know, that's the wonderful thing about what what we're doing here with the, with this um, podcast. What, for me, anyway, is that I, you know, I'm not forced, but I'm kind of like you know pushed out of my comfort zone yeah. a little bit. Good and, anxiety, uh, right? I was a little anxious about it, I have to say. And, uh, you did an amazing job. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I changed my mindset, and uh, you know, I got through. And, and I enjoyed it. So there you go. <laughs> oh, great song, great uh, choice, Wendy. Thank you. Great performance yes. and dealing and addressing with your anxieties, Ches. So well done there, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Wendy Suzuki, <laughs> Professor of Neuroscience, and your book, Good Anxiety. Oh. Thank you so we love much, you. Wendy. Oh, Thank you for I sharing love you guys with too. us. And on your birthday. <laughs> yes. So we really appreciate you making the time. Uh, People, happy go birthday. out, pre order Wendy's happy book birthday. because it is a great tool for life. Wendy Suzuki. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. How wonderful was Wendy? Oh, she's the best two guests oh. um, guest that we've ever had. I think. Double She's the guesser. best bookend that <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, ever. isn't she? Eh? And that's a compliment, Wendy. That is a compliment. <laughs> I bloody just love her. She's I do. I, like, I, I think that she's somebody I would never tire of talking oh, she's to. She's so interesting. You go, oh, really? I'm thinking about that. And then yes. she knows about it. And then you, then it makes you think about things oh, yeah. like, God, how brilliant would life have been if she had been your teacher? Oh, God, oh, you're right. Gosh, she'd yeah. be the best. If she was your professor, Incredible. can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. Just right? wonderful. I'm looking forward to quiche with her. Can't I wait. think the thing for me that I loved about it is identifying how you're feeling. Yes, yeah, that, being uh, aware of it. Because yeah. we can take responsibility when we know what the hell it is we're <laughs> meant to take responsibility yeah. for. But honestly, see, when I'm in a really dark place, until I work out what it is mm. that's bothering me, I'm yeah. useless. You know, it's not that I don't want to fix it. I just, I'm like... Because uh, I don't know what it but is. Sometimes we just find ourselves in that place, don't we? We're just like eh, cranky, meh, and you you, you yeah. don't really know why you're there. It's so kind of subconscious, I think. Sometimes, you know, as Pamela said mm-hmm. a couple of episodes ago, it's like, you know, it's never about the thing you think it's about. <laughs> so you no. have to kind of change your mind- mindset. Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's not easy to do, I guess. But. I'm on the search now for that power of smell that is going to give me that sort of calm, settled. Mm. Moment. God knows what it's going to be, but um, <laughs> it's not my nan's farts. I tell you that. You didn't bottle it, though, Ches, did you? You didn't bottle it. I'm bottle it. <laughs> if only you'd bottled nana's farts. <laughs> I'd buy it. Get it on eBay. Nansfarts.com. <laughs> Hey, you know, the one I have about smell is I like at night. You know, like we take the dog out to to for a walk in the evening early evening uh, sometimes and the smell of people cooking food or like someone making something with garlic I really like and what I like about it is I like the feeling that people are like living their lives and getting on with shit you know like that all the time that I'm in my world going oh that actually people have got their own worlds and, and which things are happening. It's, well, it's kind of cool. She's so yeah. right. We don't realise. The senses are so powerful, aren't they? They really are. And there's, there's like you mm. say, it's those little subtle things in life that remind us that 
the world is still turning and things are still going on. I think that about the seasons. I mean, obviously in England, because mm. obviously we have four distinct seasons. And and uh, when in you get Scotland up in the morning... Too. And, it's <laughs> and in Wales <laughs> and in, in Northern Ireland. And Wales. Um, and, and it's just a reminder that everything is still moving on, right? Everything is still going and changing. People are living their lives um, and making decisions. And, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But it, there's some lovely observations in her book you can use as tools. And yeah. and it's like anything, just sometimes having someone point it out is the first stage because it makes you aware. Yeah. It makes you realise. For the really challenged, like me, there's quite a few pictures in it as well. So that's good, you know. <laughs> oh, good. Pretty pictures. <laughs> so it's like a cartoon. It's pictures and charts. <laughs> yeah. What I like about her too is that she's not just... Uh, you know, that kind of bubble speak where yes. people go, oh, just feel better. Like, actually, her stuff is rooted in yeah. knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Like, science. <laughs> like, there's actual, actual science. real stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why these guests are so wonderful, aren't they? Because they are genuine and they are experts on their field. I mean, that was the thing when we had Pamela on. Yeah. Both of you were going, yep, and we've done it with our families and you've done it on us. And, yeah, it, it works. works. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of tools totally out does, there, Neil. Yeah. It's a lot of totally tools. Does. And we have guests that know their shit, right, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, well, there you go. Wendy Suzuki, uh, officially you are our bookend. That is uh, episode 10 of Write series another book two. and we'll get you on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You have beautifully bookended it. And on that note, right then, team, we do need to wrap things up for this week and for the series. So we, we hope that all the listeners have enjoyed it as, as much as we have. <laughs> Yeah, and don't forget, tell all your friends about us and uh, give us a like or share on all the socials. We really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear from you all, so send us an email. What's the email, Neil? Absolutely. Is it hello at hellowearealabitmental.com? Here we go. Yeah, yeah, we want to hear from you. But, um, so write to us. Tell us what you want in Series 3. Thank you so much, people, <laughs> for listening. We will be back for Series 3 as soon as Chesney's finished flying around the world being handsome and collecting ladies' underwear <laughs> and men's underwear as well, <laughs> yeah. right? You oh, get that yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't discriminate <laughs> <laughs> and then once Neil's moved house and got a proper internet connection and uh, and I've figured how to make the chickens take up much less of my time which I have to say it's slightly concerning I've got a chicken moment for you I'm leaving you with a chicken moment <laughs> so I know we have five more eggs hatching on my <gasps> uh, oh, dun, dun, dun. so series three really does hang in the balance yeah. then, doesn't it's like it, a really? cliffhanger well, yeah, well, make can... it to series three you're going to have time you know we, we can't we can't have Zoe Lyons back on because Fergus said to me that means we're going to have 13 chickens Oh, oh no, that would freak her out. On so many levels. I've, I believe that people worship Satan for with less, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So until series three, oh, I can't believe it's like that thing where you go, oh my God, really? We did it. Yeah. Anyway, I've been Lynn Ferguson. He's been Neil Harrington. He has been Chesney Hawke. And we are all a bit mental. Goodbye, everyone. See you next bye, time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much. You've been listening to We're All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Produced and edited for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Ches and Brandon.